Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. Zofia Renea here. And today's topic for me is particularly timely. I've had a Monday that feels getting down to the end of it here like it should be Friday by now. (laughs) (laughs) And so I love that our guest, Amelia Martinez, is here to talk to us about achieving inner peace in this chaotic world that we're all living in right now. She is an integrated life and mental stress expert. She helps people achieve exponential results in their lives and businesses by crushing stress and creating an empowered reality of inner peace, confidence, and happiness. She's developed her own signature method using the power of hypno-coaching and bio-reprogramming, the mind and personal development. Oops, I skipped a line. (laughs) And reprogramming. And then the line that goes in there is Amelia recalls that as a teenager, she was fascinated with the power of the mind and personal development. She is a retired business attorney who reached executive positions for Fortune 100 companies before the age of 30. And at the same time, she was working on developing her higher consciousness directly from self-realized gurus and teachers. For over two decades, she's been blending her experiences and learning from scientific evidence-based systems, along with the spiritual approach of ancient wisdom in her approach to living, career, and business. Amelia resides in Miami with her children and pets, surrounded by love, joy, and prosperity. Welcome, Amelia. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you with me. And I love the fact that you've had a foot in both of these worlds, the high-powered, C-suite, corporate attorney, pressure cooker world, as well as the peaceful ashram, you know, connect to your inner wisdom side of things. I know for myself, there are days it becomes really challenging to live in both of these worlds. And so... I would say that you have done this at some of the highest levels out there. And so I'm really looking forward to picking your brain today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I think that we all do, in a way, um, always are between those two worlds. I would say either looking for the balance um, or, or battling them, battling one side versus the other. Whether it does feel like a battle. How, how do you, what do I want to say, diffuse that tension? Um, it feels like a battle because it depends on the interpretation that we give to things that happen and to the world as it occurs to us. And one thing that interpretation does is that it's, it's extremely contagious. Mm. So. When I use the word bottle, it's not necessarily because it's coming from within, but because it's coming from outside. Yes. Inside. And everybody around us talks about how this stress is causing them um, to want to be the weekend, for example, or, or things to be over. And what that does is that by accepting the interpretation that comes from the outside world, we open up the, the door 
so that we stop being present and start running with that image of what it is that is happening. Yes. Therefore, whether or not it's a difficulty, what is going on right now, the fact that we already label it ahead of time as to one side or the other immediately takes our consciousness and it takes our presence away from what's happening and put it in sometime in the future or sometime in the past. It should have never happened. Yes. And very little do we remain present to really know what is there, what is the situation about, what is this bringing for me? What is the lesson or what is not? But just like having the present moment to be in the situation as it is. It is easy to um, bring our automatic and habitual mind to try to bypass it without stopping and seeing that it might be coming into our lives as a way of cleansing something, mm -hmm. of eliminating something that does not work, just to bring us attention to an area that we want to or that we should be doing different or that we um, have the opportunity to do it different. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I know this stuff that's been coming through our world recently is, in fact, an answer to prayer because I've asked for this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what the next thing is yet. <laughs> yes, we need to know. Yeah, and that's, Ahead of time. that's sitting with the uncertainty is the challenge, I think, for me at yeah. the moment, at least. Um. I think that, like I said earlier, interpretation, it's something that carries a very heavy weight in our lives. And uh, when we accept certain things to be difficult, it's because we're comparing them. The moment that we step outside of the present and the now, and we start labeling things, it means that we are not in these precise moments. So most of the time, when those challenges arrive, we are not even there. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We're, so, we're off in the future. We're triggered or, back. Or lamenting the past. In the past, yeah. But very little we are. Because if we do get in the moment and we realize what we have by imagining that and this is something that I suggest a lot. Imagine that you have a, a door that has shut up all the way to here. You cannot see anything that way. Mm -hmm. But imagine that there's another door right here, and you cannot see anything that way either. So by focusing in what I call your deep and your eye, your real eye, you might see things differently. You might choose a different interpretation. You might rather to see it with feeling uncomfortable just by seeing it disappear. Mm. Wanting to run away from that experience or from that emotion, it would necessarily mean that it's unresolved. Therefore, it would stay longer with you. Ah, yes, there is that. Absolutely. So now that we've had these pearls of wisdom, why don't you tell us a little bit about your backstory? We covered a little bit of it in the introduction, but what was it like before you'd really dialed into this wisdom? I don't, um, I think that there was a defining moment. And I say it was a defining moment because 
Up to that point, I knew nothing about spirituality. Maybe happens to a lot of us, maybe don't. But up until the point that I became a teenager, it was when I started making myself the big questions. Mm. And having um, a, a father that um, would get together with his friends in a Masonic way and his cousins, uh, it brought into me earlier the awareness of the possibility of the answer of those questions. Ah. That's what brought me into the spectrum of being aware of another world or another way different than what I was experiencing at the moment, going a little bit deeper. But as it is, I don't necessarily think that we go and wake up and, and take spirituality and then we become a monk forever unless we move to the Himalayan, don't talk to anybody for the rest of our lives and stay inside of a cave with everything, all of the supplies that we think we are going to need. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, well, and I don't think it serves the world very well when we attempt to do that, right? Because it doesn't change the world that we're in if we run away to the, to the mountaintop and don't speak to anyone. Yes. <laughs> it's so, sort of selfish. <laughs> yes. So when I, when I had my wake up, what I did is that I started in the path of meditation. Mm-hmm. I started to observe things not from my little two eyes, but from my third eye discovering what it wasn't said with words. That meaning and that feeling and that sense that was between the lines, between the lines. Um, Meditating, going deep, trying to follow my intuition and realizing what were the consequences or what happened every time that I did not follow my intuition. Um, And what did happen when you did not follow your intuition? Is there a particular moment that stands out for you? Actually, yes. Um, There's many moments. But when I don't follow my intuition, I always fall flat on my butt, I like to say. And I would regret later (laughs) not having done that, which doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever because you cannot turn back time. Yeah, exactly. Um, some people say, oh, you would learn for the next time. T- next time hardly ever comes around. And <laughs> because it would be under a different uh, gift wrap and you won't recognize it until you have opened it up again. Exactly. Um, what happens when we don't follow our intuition is that then we don't know what to do. Because when we don't follow our intuition is because we're following someone else's rules. Ah. someone else's way of looking at life and someone else's opinion as to how they you should be solving problems. I have done it many times. I have taken decisions in my life based on what they are going to say, mm-hmm. based on society standards, what I should be doing at this age, just to regret the fact that I may have chosen without seeing it the hardest path to any situation, to any experience, to any solution. Mm, yeah, that is, that's profound. I know I tried for mm, probably four and a half decades to figure out, you know, what, what my values were, what my guiding principles were going to be through life. And it was, excuse me. 
it was actually after I realized that the values I was trying to work from were not mine, that I was able to finally connect to what really matters to me. Because for four and a half years, I was trying to live my mother's values. Yes. But we do it in a way that we don't realize that you see, most of us think that we already, as we get older, we think that we already know who we are. We say, oh, this is me. This is the way I do things. This is, or, or you attach something. This is the way we, the Martinez, do things. Or we, the Dominicans. Or we, the Latinos. It depends on what the, or, or here in the United States, wherever you are, you adopt a, a broad view or a view that belongs to something else which is only a figment of someone else's imagination. Because when you go and look, there's nothing really to stand behind. So here you are taking that in, um, following the rules of somebody else, thinking this is who you are, and you're doing it on automatic. You don't even notice. Oh, yeah. I, I took many of these quizzes that are like, to, you know, order your values and, you know, then we'll, you know, design your life around that. Well, I was already out in third base, left yes. field or something like that all on my own because I, I didn't know what my values were. I was just regurgitating what I was raised with. It is very difficult to know what our values are. It takes a lot of experience. And when I talk experience, it means that it takes a lot of failure to really come face to face to what is really that you value. Mm. What is value? Value is something that is treasurable, something that is dear to you. And when something is treasurable, it feels good. Yes. It's good inside. So a lot of people think that my value is righteousness or my value is that people need to respect me. If it doesn't feel good inside, probably is not your value. Mm -hmm. Probably the rule of somebody else hidden in the and disguised as something that it should give you a, a an identity to it. Most of us um, spent years, and I would say, with all the work that I have done, I hardly know who I am. Sometimes. As I look water and I drink water, I say, do I really know water? I mean, I know how to drink it. I know how to use it. But do I really know water? And if I don't know water, which is something that I have very often throughout the day for consistently since we are born, what do I know about me? How well do I really know who I am? And how do I know what is a value and what's valuable for me? I like that question. How do you know? Because it feels good inside. <laughs> we use a lot of words, values, identities, rule. I submit that we come with a manual, Sophia. I believe that we come with a manual, and it's a very simple manual. The manual is just do and be, act, think, and say what it feels good inside. Mm -hmm. What at the end of the day is something that is going to leave you with inner peace. What is inner peace if not the same um, equivalent that you feel when you're in joy? What is inner peace, which is the same feeling that you feel when you're saying a truth, a truth that is true to you? Because sometimes we say truth 
out of, once again, righteousness, to be right. Yes, yes. Is it accurate? Then it must be true. Accurate, <laughs> yes. And when we speak through the ego, we find very little solace in our heart and very little peace. That's true. It's very simple. Yeah, the ego will cut up your peace faster than anything else I can think of. Yes, absolutely. And that also is an automatic. We use it as a habitual mind versus being more on the eye, on the present moment. Mm -hmm. So how did you balance these philosophies with being in the Fortune 500, working with the C-suite in these really intense um, actions and negotiations? That is a pretty good question. And I guess the answer is obvious. I'm not longer there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you did balance it for quite I some did, time before you left. So. Yes, yes. I, I was in the corporate world for over two decades. And... Um, I balance it by bringing an intention of what is that I wanted to achieve and how I could leave that place, that transaction, that boardroom, um, a better place than, than would have been have I not walked in. And I, and I carry this, I have to say, in my pocket, very dear to my heart, because these are things that they are seen as cuckoo in the corporate world. Yeah, I was going to say, and I, <laughs> I think we can explore this more after the break, um, that that can be a tricky one. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and we're going to go off to break here for a minute, but I'm going to explore more of that with you when we come back. For all of you out there in Facebook land, you can connect with me at Zofia Renea, that's Z-O-F-I-A, R-E-N-N-E-A, and you can connect with Amelia at Amelia, A-M-E-L-I-A dot Holt, H-O-L-T dot 750. And we look forward to connecting with you and continuing this conversation after the break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get Amplified. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel you are listening to sovereign self 
with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in through the break with us. This is Sophia Renea, and I'm here talking to Amelia Martinez about achieving inner peace outside of the ashram. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, Before we went on break, we're discussing how she worked to bring integrity and truth and wholeness and spirituality into her business and corporate life when she was in corporate. And you mentioned that you held that pretty close to your chest. Um, in what ways did it bleed through and how did you approach it, even if you weren't verbalizing it? Um, it bleed through my, the results of my work of today, none of the transactions that I work with ended up in a litigation. Um, and that's saying something because usually yes, yes, yes. does tend to end up there. Especially when what, the, what was your approach when you went into the transaction? How did you think about the people involved? How did you think about the work? Um, see, sometimes um, I felt that some people would carry their ego so big that we were not really dealing with anything in particular. We were closing documents. We were acquiring, selling companies, doing that kind of thing. But, but our minds were not there. So I found that it was important for me to bring presence into our transactions by asking questions. Um, asking questions that would require them one second to think about the answer without being too obvious what, were, what was I doing it. Now, being an attorney... Can you give me an example of one of those questions? Yes. Being an attorney, they expect you to ask questions. So maybe it was to my benefit that I could hide behind what I was doing. But questions is like, what do you really intend this transaction to do? Mm. You know, how would you think that they are going to feel when we do this or do that? Um, and those are things that were not in, in any... Um, documents. So they had to stop and think, what is it that they wanted? What is it that you want to achieve by, by hiring this person? How do you see the, the relationship going? And bringing that into the drafting or the craft, first energetically, just by opening up the conversation, the healing starts. Mm-hmm. By opening up uh, to being present you create different results than when we are on our automatic mind, on our unconscious mind. Yeah. Um, and that allowed me to pretty much be unconventional in my practice without having to say, hey, go meditate about this transaction and I'll see you in five minutes, you know. I will be fired in the spot. Yeah. <laughs> any yeah. of the companies. Did you get any pushback for asking those so-called soft questions as opposed to? No, I, I didn't. I, I pretty much own my uh, lawyerish personality and I decided that my lawyerish personality had to be aligned with who I was versus trying to put a mask 
parade or, or mask in front of me and pretend that I am one of them, one of the boys. Right. Um, which is very common in the corporate world to think that in order for you to um, interact and to go somewhere, you need to become like them. You need to speak like them. Um, and when you hear the, the, the verbiage and the, the, the words that are being used, you realize that they are just as automatic in many occasions as the pace in their minds. So I decided that I was, the moment that I would say I understand, which is something that it's used very common in the corporate world, oh, I understand, can you do this? And you say, no, oh, I understand. When I say the word, I understand, I made a point to really mean what I was saying mm -hmm. and uh, come across it versus just using words just to use them. But it wasn't easy. No, I imagine it was not. So what was it that finally plucked you out of corporate and you said, you know what, I have a bigger calling than just doing mergers and acquisitions? Uh, my bigger calling was pretty much maternity. I have gotten married and my kids were facing some health issues. I started as a, any other new mom doing what any uh, new mom do. Um, and I wasn't expecting those surprises in their health. They were not things that were running the family. Neither did I believe in running the family kind of thing. Um, I was aware of epigenetic by then. So I wasn't necessarily um, understanding what was happening. And uh, that maternity pretty much made me feel that being where I was, it was just like pulling teeth out of an elephant and trying to bring awareness and peace and presence and now into the corporate world. And that maybe would be a lot easier if instead I took these little souls and um, gave them everything that I had and changed their lives 100% or impact, let's not say change, but impact their lives in a positive way and let them get out there eventually one day and carry their own little missions. Yes. So maternity did it. Very nice. And when did it begin to expand beyond your little brood of, of, of children? I know you have quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, that also came as another surprise, talking about um, doing things uh, that we do automatic. I uh, saw myself facing a, a very harshly divorce that four years later, uh, it's still costing us a lot of litigation. Um, very bad communication. I sometimes stop and wonder what is exactly that um, is presenting to me and what is the, the opportunity behind all this nastiness that I was not anticipating by any means. Um, after 15 years of marriage and four years, I saw myself overnight divorced. Um, and my um, former has cleaned the bank accounts ahead of time. Uh, denied any kind of financial supports almost till today, I would say almost 100%. Wow. Um, and support morally, emotionally, and uh, definitely financial. So I saw myself at that point in that uh, fork of life where I could just like 
become very submissive and, uh, and, and choose to stay for the wrong reasons or just accept things as they were and take the high and, uh, and talk, walk my talk. That was pretty much like the, um, the moment when I decided that um, my purpose was being expanded. Yes. And it had to be something more than just being a, a crunchy granola, homeschooling mom of four little kids. Exactly. Uh, well, and to put some context around where you're at, that's precisely where you were at. You were homeschooling. You were at home doing granola with the kids. You'd separated from the high-powered, high-salaried world that you'd been in. And yeah. now suddenly the sole support of the household has left with all the money. Yes. So this is what I thought. I thought, okay, so I was here, you know, all out there making money, being the power for attorney. Then I decided, okay, I'm going to go right here. And then I'm going to focus inside of the house. I'm going to give him a spirituality and and give him all the tools to get out there. And here is life saying, neither. Neither. We're throwing both of them out. (laughs) And when life did that, what I saw is that as the pieces were falling, life was saying both. Yes. You get to now combine them both, but in new terms. You get now to use what you have created here and created here. And now as it has been shuffled around, you get to create something new and you bring it out there to the world. One thing that I realized is that in my moments of great difficulties and darkness where I even doubted um, my own spirituality, where I really thought that maybe all this is crap and I've been, you know, focusing on the wrong thing. Because when things go easy, it's really to have faith. Mm -hmm. Um, When things go with the wind and you're going with the wind it's it's pretty easy to um preach how to do things and how this work and how it doesn't but when things don't then you start questioning things and then i realize it rains on everybody it does rain on everybody tell me how it rained on you on your way down to miami (laughs) i love that story it, it rained really, really, really bad because when I left my house, I had to do it pretty much like uh, on an emergency. Like I said, it was everything overnight. And I found myself at the airport with my four children in a small little bag. And uh, I wasn't uh, necessarily used to not to have any money. I had to live without anything, absolutely anything. Yeah. And uh, when I was at the airport, um, I realized I didn't have any cash with me whatsoever or working anything, working credit card. Yeah. How how did you get your your plane tickets to Miami? Oh, um, I got my plane tickets with some miles that I have saved on my own personal account. (laughs) It was the only thing uh, that I had at the moment. Everything else was pretty much taken care of. Uh, I mean, taken away. Um, very harshly by my uh, former. And uh, I guess that he thought that, the more, I don't know, you know, the more he pressured me, the more I was going to turn around. But no, I was just like accepting what it was as it was coming, um, even though people thought maybe I should have fought. But I'm not a fighter. Um, I believe in peace yes. more than I believe in battle. 
So while I was at the airport, I approached a lady um, and I said, you know, this is happening to me. I had just gotten the voice. Here's a paper. <laughs> you know, I had the paper with me um, just in case. I didn't know what else to expect. And I said, and my kids are hungry. If you lend me 20 bucks uh, and write your address, I promise you, uh, under, you know, under health, that I will send it to you this week. And the lady says, no. And um, actually, I asked for 10. She gave me 20. She says, no, don't worry. And then she actually came back with some candies for the children and so forth. And in that moment, I realized, oh, my gosh, I, I'm indigent. I am pretty much um I'm indigent. I don't have a house. I don't have anything. I don't have a marriage. And I was left in a position that very few people would, would understand if you're an attorney, how did that happen? Well, that happened because the system that I know pretty well, I find it to be extremely corrupted and is, is against, um, I would say, without sounding too harsh, but I think it's very male-dominated. The laws were done by uh, by the man, and everything was uh, pretty much taking their interest and time and everything. Mm -hmm. So what I realized is it will take a lot of money. Then I'll have to involve the ego of my attorney, his attorney, and let their egos carry what's supposed to be my quote-unquote will. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is... BS, because nobody except me and that person that had divorced really knows what's going on, really knows the heart of our relationship, really knows what went wrong. I don't care what they, the stories we want to put out there. We both know what really went wrong and, and what was happening. So was I going to open all that up and stay um, and incur in a divorce that will last years? No. So I said, it's not worth it, you know. Um, I'm going to accept whatever it is. And I guess that he took and that as my weakness. Yes. Yeah. And he took my my choosing freedom as a sign of weakness, and he continued pushing until today. Very, very, very rough push. Um, and I realized that it doesn't matter how many degrees, how much money I made as an attorney, you know, how – all the things I had in that moment, I was just there at that airport with four little kids that were full of uh, questions and, uh, and just a will and, and trusting that I had followed my intuition and, and that by doing so, I was going to receive the grace of whatever opened up for us. And it, it really did open up for us. Husband and, and speaking of intuition, how did you choose Miami? Well, I came here for my master's, and I cannot say that I chose Miami as much as um, he chose it. Um, and I said yes. I figure that anything that that would allow me to be in a place full of sun, full of life full of Latin, you know, uh, warmness. And, uh, and the beaches was going to be good for my children. And it's close to what I, is my original home, which is the Dominican Republic. So I have family here. And, uh, and I accept that. I say, yes, I'm not, I cannot promise that I'll stay there, you know, forever. But as, a, as the next step, 
um, I accepted Miami and here we are. And I haven't regretted it. <laughs> Beautiful. So when you got to Miami, what yes. were the next pieces that fell into place for you? And how did those materialize? Um, it was really hard. I had to, as for loans, uh, to get my life going, I had to um, really start from scratch, um, buy at Goodwill stores, um, bring into the kids a different experience a different understanding, not that I have not started before, but like I say, one thing is theory, the other one is practice. Yes. <laughs> we were going to leave by finding happiness inside, by finding happiness because we knew that we are a team and, and they are the four wheels and I'm the steering wheel. Um, and just like trying to minimize the impact of what had just happened in them, by nurturing their their inner peace, by by uh, bringing them to meditation, by doing hypnotherapy on them, and uh, um, give precise, direct, and instruction to their unconscious mind to only listen, act, and pay attention to what was good, positive, and healthy for them, and reject everything else. So I started a campaign of um, inner health and inner well being. And, uh, and make that uh, the focus and, and the light of their life going forward. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to say how fortunate for them that they have a mother who's that conversant in mental health because so often when relationships go to pieces, I know it seems like the kids end up either being torn between two parents or the parents are so focused on the conflict between themselves that the kids end up just kind of lost off to the side and thinking that it's all their fault and all about them. So yes. I, I, I salute you and Thank you. The, the measures that you're taking with your kids to keep them healthy and happy and balanced as they go through this. We are just about coming up on a break now, but I'd like to explore a little bit more of that when we come back, because I know divorce is becoming an increasingly common thing in the world today. So hang with us through the break, and we will open up that particular can of worms when we come back. <laughs> you can also connect with Amelia on LinkedIn, amelia-martinez-esq-ac-431, or you can just um, Google or, or search Amelia Martinez and find the one that has all of that attached to it. <laughs> I am also out there at Zofia Renea Morales, the Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A-M-O-R-A-L-E-S, and we will catch you after the break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. 
packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America in Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for staying through the break. Amelia and I were just chatting over the break because I know the listeners out there on Voice America don't get the behind the scenes peek that shows up on Facebook, but we were discussing how helpful um, hearing about other people's journeys can be and how you know in theory that you can get through things, but then once you're out there in that race that becomes life, all bets are off. It's a whole different beast. So. What what were a couple of specific specific things you helped your children with around this separation? Because I know there are a lot of common issues that come up. Yes. Um, I think that the most important thing is to know that the children are going to experience through your lens. And mm-hmm. I do not care what age the kids are. I really don't. I think that kid is kid, and uh, and separations are very impactful and hard on them. Um, I do not believe that separation is something that it should be taken easy and done lightly. I believe that 99% of the divorces out there could be avoided. And even worse, I, the, I believe that 99% of the people who divorce today are still married to their exes. Because emotionally, absolutely. Unless you change your story and empower where you're going, it's very difficult to let those memories behind. Yeah. I don't think that it can be completely, I don't care what the woman says. I don't think it's something that you recover 100% in the sense that you can put it behind and don't think about it anymore unless you 
develop Alzheimer's. Yeah, <laughs> there is an upside to Alzheimer's. Look at that. Yes. Um, actually, I believe that a lot of people that end up with Alzheimer's is because they have experiences in their lives that they prefer they would, that they wish they would forget. Absolutely. The conscious mind takes the forgetness literally and um, does what it does. So, but that is my own opinion. So how did you support your kids in being present with what was happening and moving through those emotions and those stories? I do a lot of uh, hypnotherapy with them, a lot of hypno, a lot of meditation with them. And like I said, I give uh, their unconscious mind precise instructions to really take in the things that are good, positive, and healthy for them only and reject the rest. So hypnotherapy is something that I have found has worked amazing. Uh, my children um, have kept honor rolls in school. Not that that means anything really to me, but it talks a lot about the effort that they have been putting on themselves and how focused they can be in their own personal lives. Um, another thing that I have done with my children is to make sure that they take the events that as they are occurring as an opportunity to discover and to explore what are they really made of. And to know that when we lie on, on external factors for our happiness, for our well-being, we would always going to be uh, falling short, disappointed, ended up in and bad hair. always at the mercy of a bad oh, hair day or who knows what else, right? Yes. Whether that bad hair day is your own parents. So um, it is very important that they see that all this that has occurred has opened up an amazing opportunity for them to find out more of who they are, more of how they can face life and resolve things and come um, with solutions. I remember that at some point, one of my children uh, wanted to buy some things and I said, I don't have uh, I don't say I don't have money. I say I right now don't have money for that. Yes. Um, I don't, you know, I haven't allotted anything for that. So I'm, we cannot buy it right now. And uh, he came up with a brilliant idea. He says, I'm going to sell some candies in school until I come up with the, um, with the money. And he did it. So when he came up and he bought his own thing, his own toy, um, I show him how proud do you feel about yourself? See, when I talk to them, of what they accomplishes are, I don't say I'm proud of you. I usually put the focus in themselves. How proud do you feel of yourself for having done that? How proud do you feel of yourself for having achieved a you know honor roll or whatever? So after they answer, then I say, then I'm happy for you. Yes. Uh, versus saying, oh, I am happy because you did this, or I am proud of you because you did this. So I have put all of the attention on them. And the third thing, and I think is the most important, is focus on their needs. By focusing on their needs, we heal faster, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, we feel more fulfilled because we are helping little children or children in general that would need to deal with these situations we are helping them to overcome them. So instead of sitting down and feel, oh, poor me, this is happening to me, I said, okay, 
How can I support my children? How can I, you know, what do they have? What projects? What, what do, why are they interested? We recently did a trip, um, and I took in consideration all the things that they have been talking about that area of, of the United States, and we visited places that were important to them. And uh, I shared with somebody that I was doing this trip and says, oh, my gosh, you're not going to the wine uh, area. And I say, no, you know, I'm not going to the wine area. That, that is not, it's not a treat necessarily for me. It's a treat for the family. Yes. So uh, focusing on their needs to me has been um, very important. And I, I know that there's very good parents out there. And there's a lot of women that says, or, you know, fathers as well, oh, but I take care of their needs. Really look and see that you are taking care of their needs and not projecting your well-being into uh, what you think. Their world, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like the latest iPhone or whatever. Or whatever it is, yes. (laughs) That's their need. I'm I'm fulfilling their needs. No, it's not that. No, that's not really a need. (laughs) No, that is really not a need. What do you see as the biggest limitation that keeps people from really connecting to that inner wisdom and their inner peace? That is a pretty good question. I think that um, the biggest limitation I see across the board in all of my clients, it's a combination of interpretation, like we were talking at the beginning of the show, and not understanding or misinterpreting the word commitment. Mm. Um, Your definition of the word commitment. Commitment is when it doesn't matter what, you do not give up, not because you're stubborn, but because the experience is not done until you say so. And people think that commitment is, I do it until I don't want to anymore. Um, whether it is meditation, spiritual practice, um, whether it is um, forgiveness, whether it is faith. I'm not talking about, um, you know, commitment to the gym, commitment to your muscles or commitment to eating a certain way. Although Um, you can benefit from those commitments as well. Correctly, correctly. But I'm talking about commitment in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And, the interpretation that I can give up at any moment that I want is their biggest limitation. Because if they realize the power of their minds, if they realize the power of the moment that now they're present, if they realize the power that carries when you enjoy things for what they are in the moment, not for what you think they should be or for what you're projecting into the future, then the world commitment will deliver to you whatever it is that you really want in your life. That's beautiful. We've got like four minutes left, so you're going to have to be really quick on both of these points. What is it you're excited about right now? And then tell us a little bit about the gift that you brought for the listeners. Um, I'm really excited about the way that transformation is occurring in my clients and how by integrating their conscious mind with their unconscious mind and looking at the different levels, not only the mental, but the emotional, the spiritual, energetically, when we integrate everything about us, then 
um, game is over. I mean, you can live a life that regardless of what's happening on the outside by someone else's standard is going to be very fulfilling and fantastic for you. It's going to feel good. That's so beautiful. I'm very excited about it. I am excited about opening up also um, groups so that we can really do this kind of transformation in groups. And uh, what I would like to leave with the listeners today is an opportunity to get to know really in what area of their lives they have the major blocks, not because um, our blocks that they have put in there, but because they are unconscious. So we are going to tap into the unconscious mind by a very simple quiz, a few questions, and you're going to answer the questions. When the questions are answered, the, the answer is really coming back from a, a part inside of you that is just as automatic as everything else in your life. So um, that gift to me is the gift of being able to start making changes immediately. Absolutely. And, um, and that, that is so fabulous because I know in my own clients, uh, we run into a lot of unconscious blocks that come up underneath the things where they think they've done a bunch of work. And then it's like, oh, we've got this big boulder under here. So I love this gift because it is a true gift of self-knowledge. And if you are interested in getting this gift of self-knowledge, you can go to SovereignSelf.media. And there is a speaker gifts section. And if you look under the July 29th, you will find all of the information to get that feedback from Amelia and to keep in contact with her moving forward and learning more what she's doing. Absolutely. It would be my pleasure. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on this show today. I've really appreciated exploring all of this with you. Uh, Right before we wrap up, We've got like 20 seconds. What's the one thing that would help people wake up faster and own their fullest expression of who they are? What's that one tip you'd leave them with? I think uh, breathing, being conscious of, of being in the moment by watching their breath. And to bring these for the ones who say, oh, already I'm doing that. I would say then watch your step. Every time you put one foot in front of the other, just do it from a a place of consciousness, not because your mind is somewhere else and your feet are carrying you somewhere. I think that that definitely would help uh, much more than than anybody would think it, it would. I love that. Thank you so much, Amelia. It's been beautiful having you here. I I feel like I need to say namaste. (laughs) Namaste. Oh, namaste. And until we meet next week, everybody out there, go live soul first, and we will catch you next week on Sovereign Self. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 